Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi guys, welcome into the show. It's the OBR Film Breakdown, and today, a day later than usual, me, your host, Jake Burns, is sharing our dueling mock draft show that we typically, well, we did it on Tuesday night. It is uh, usually posted Wednesday, but had a certain podcast that I wanted to share with you guys, and hopefully you listened to it yesterday with Pete Smith and... Nicole Chatham, where we went through their, uh, they hosted it at, at their podcast for Pete's sake. And I pretty much closed the door on all things Baker, given my perspectives, data, concerns, what I'm looking for to see if it gets better, if he's the guy moving forward. If you missed that yesterday, go back and check that out. It's long, but I think it's worth your time to truly show you where my frame of reference is going into this upcoming season. So check that out. It's uh, available on my feed and the For Pete's Sake feed as well. You can check it out in both spots. So today's episode is going to be, like I said, the Twitch replay of the draft we did with conversations on free agents and all of that leading into the draft. And then uh, we obviously go through three separate mocks, myself, Steven, and uh, Corey Kennan, who's new with us at the OBR. So we all three go through it. We have a lot of conversations throughout the day about different things on the draft pretty much every day. So it was fun to get three different perspectives on this thing. So I hope you do enjoy it. Check out some good content over at the OBR website where we looked at safeties through the analytics lens. Free agent uh, defensive targets for wide receiver has been posted. Just kind of all of the available options. We'll have that for interior D-line and edge leading into a weekend salary cap article and podcast on the salary cap where everything sits going into, you know, going into the season. So, sorry, the important part of the off season. So check that out as well. So let's not waste any more time today. Uh, I will be uh, out after this intro. You'll hear the finish of the show and that'll be a wrap. So enjoy the Dueling Mock Show. Hit me up with any suggestions as usual. Thanks, guys. Let's get over to that episode right now. Good evening, Cleveland Browns fans. Welcome back to the OBR Twitch channel. I am your uh, host and MC for this evening's festivities. You can see uh, right over there, I am Stephen Thomas, Browns Mock Draft on Twitter. It is the Dueling Mock Draft Show with our uh, fun intro, a cover of the original Dueling Banjos from the movie Deliverance. Uh, So any uh, narcs out there who are uh, listening for the music, it is a cover. Trust me, we we specifically went and found that out. Thank you guys for joining us again every Tuesday from now until the draft. And then as we get closer, we'll probably add another one every single week. We'll be doing live mock drafts from several simulators uh, with uh, several of your friends here from, from the OBR and from outside. I'm going to bring in uh, my two co-hosts tonight, Mr. Jake Burns and the real Corey Kennan, all three residents of the draft annex of the Evil Lair are here tonight. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? What's happening? What's happening? It's good to be here. Oh, yeah, this is our first all-in-house one uh, that includes three of us, so we're pretty excited about here tonight. Before we get started, though, a quick announcement. You'll see more about this over the next week. Uh, we saw all the excitement today uh, that happened in the NFL because deadlines spur action, and today was the tag deadline, but next Monday, the 14th, is the official start of the uh, legal tampering phase uh, where they're finally allowed to talk to each other. Wink, wink, because they're not doing that right now. We're doing what's called a subathon right here on the OBR Twitch. We will be going live one hour 
before the temper uh, the tampering period starts at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we'll be guaranteeing to be on for at least three hours. But here's what a subathon is: as long as there are new subscriptions and bits being cheered, we will stay on longer. Every new subscription that we get adds five minutes to the broadcast. Every 100 bits that are cheered adds one minute to the broadcast. We're going to do a maximum of about eight hours. Now, if you've seen Twitch gamers do one of these, they go for 24 hours. That can't happen for us. We just don't have the manpower uh, to do it. So we're going to cap it at eight hours. So we hope to see you guys next Monday, the 14th, 11 a.m. We'll be rotating in and out. It won't be just my face the whole eight hours. It'll be all of us here. And we, uh, as always, so much of the show will depend on you guys, our viewers, our regulars, and, and new folks and stuff like that. So spread the word. That's going to happen for legal tampering when we expect the Browns to be making several moves. We uh, we think there'll be some 1201 moves again for them this year. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, let's uh, let's just real quick go over what we do again here tonight. In case this is your first time watching Dueling Mock Drafts, Corey and Jake and I each have a separate simulator that we use. Uh, I will be using the one from PFF. Uh, Jake, I believe you are using uh, Pro Football Network. And Corey, you're doing the Draft Network, right? Indeed. Okay, and we're just going to – we ha- the only thing we're doing in common is we uh, talked this afternoon and we set free agency. Uh, the guys we're going to cut, the guys we're going to keep, some free agents that we're going to sign. So we all start from the same spot. But then after that, it's whatever. If somebody wants to make a trade, they make a trade. Somebody doesn't want to make any trades, don't make any trades. And we'll, we'll try to get three different looks at things that the Browns could do this week. Uh, Jake, you have all of the uh, the off-season stuff written down, so I'm going to hand it over to you. You can tell people all of our cuts and signings and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be flashing on the bottom of your screen here in just a moment, trying to type out the banner. I forgot to do that. Um, so anyway, we are going to uh, – let's go through these, and I'm try to have it up simultaneously. Sorry, guys, tech difficulty here. Uh, we got that. That's all deleted. Boom, boom. Thanks, boom, Kevin. Boom, Cycle boom. 18, seven months in a row. I believe that wow. means you've been a subscriber since day one. So thank you for that. We appreciate you being here. Love it. Okay, so for go. sure cuts, we are going to go ahead and cut um, Jarvis Landry, and uh, we are going to cut uh, Case Keenum. It's going to open nearly $30 million is the plan here. Uh, we are not going to do any moves. They're giving back strong run at back vibes. Okay, so we're not going to cut Hooper because we have no inclination yet they're going to do that even though most of us would prefer it. And we are not going to cut J.C. Treader until, again, we get an idea they're going to do that, even though we think that's in the realm of possibility. Uh, if you've been following these various shows that we have done, we've cut a lot of different guys. We've cut Conklin before we knew the Conklin restructure, so on and so forth. So for this one, we are going to bring back, obviously, Njoku. We'll see what happens with that. We have the minimum he will be back. Uh, Clowney gets re-signed in this scenario. MJ Stewart, Sheldon Day. And uh, Anthony Walker, we're going to bring back a year, and then Denzel Ward's going to get a new deal. So that's uh, that's uh, the realm of possibility there. We think that's going to happen in this scenario. And then free agent signings, a couple wide receivers, DJ Shark, a nice speedster on the outside, uh, Traquan Smith, a young developing player that we think can, can uh, keep developing here in Cleveland is a nice form of a – uh, lower tier wide receiver contract, uh, IDL Sebastian Joseph Day, D and Jerry Hughes, uh, and then uh, Joseph Day comes from the Rams. I should re- uh, reiterate where these players come from. He, Jerry Hughes is a longtime Buffalo Bill set at the market. Arden Key, who we see as outside inside flexibility, we're going to bring him in, and then offensive tackle Joseph Noteboom uh, as a depth type of uh, guy that could play right away with the situation with Conklin's injury. So that is uh, the baseline of what we're doing here in this one again. Maybe not what you prefer, 
maybe whatever. I don't know. You think it could happen different. Don't really care. Respect your opinion, but don't really care. We're just setting up a hypothetical here. Okay. It's not our <laughs> prediction. All right. Just want to get that out of the way. Steve, guys, feel free to add to that if you would like. Yeah, go ahead, Corey. Your thoughts, just quick overview thoughts on uh, the whole rest of the hall of the offseason before we start the draft. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of of resigning Clowney. I like the I even like the idea of resigning Ward. Or I'm sorry, not Ward, Walker for what they have asked their Mike to do uh, the past few years, which hasn't been a whole lot outside of work downhill and play the hook curls in. So, and I thought Walker did a, a pretty good job at that. Um, the offseason signings, I do love the Arden Key signing. Jerry Hughes has that making of, oh, this is the veteran defensive lineman that plays opposite Miles for one year, and then we figure it out from there. Uh, right. Very strong, very strong defender um, opposite Miles there. So I love that. You can talk about his age all you want, but again, he's been a very productive player even up until last year. So um, again, what they're looking for body type-wise, production-wise, opposite Miles, that fits the bill. Um, the one thing I will say is, man, that wide receiver market is drying up fast there are sure my not some serious money right a lot of big names left on the market um which isn't great isn't ideal but that's all i got yeah i agree and jerry hughes is a guy that uh if you read the stuff about his his season last year in buffalo obviously brought they brought in some uh some younger talent at the edge and he didn't get as many reps uh, but when he was limited to just pass rushing reps and his tank was allowed to to refresh itself more like that he was still very effective in the uh, um, opportunities that he was given. And like Corey said, that's what we were bring, bringing him in for. You know, you could go with a, a Melvin Ingram for that type of role. You know, he did that last year once he finally got to Kansas City and had, a, you know, an opportunity. That's the type of role we're talking about for a guy like Jerry Hughes. You know, one year, maybe one year with an option, two years, something like that. But definitely, especially with this edge draft class, we expect him to bring in some younger talent. So he'd be a guy to mentor and, uh, you know, help us maybe, you know, maybe make a run back to the playoffs. So, uh, those are our signings for this uh, for this week. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, jump off here, get it started. Corey, I'm going to give you, since it's your first time here on Dueling, <clears throat> excuse me, Dueling Mock Drafts, you're going to have uh, first crack at it here. So let me go ahead and share your stream. Go ahead and start your. All right. There we go. You're using the Draft Network. I am. All right. So off the board, Jameis Williams is the only wide receiver off the board. We got three corners off the board. Trayvon Walker is the only edge off the board. So that's interesting. Um, I'm sorry. I need to scroll down. No, he's not. <laughs> so um, let's see. Best player available. Jermaine Johnson, uh, 23 years old. Not going to take him at, at 13. I Not at all. The Browns will not consider him at 13. Ojabo is very, 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 very enticing. Um, he's very raw. Got a pretty thin lower half. Um, but as far as pass rush specialist goes, man, he's, he's incredible. Um, and just some of the stuff he's doing for only playing football for three, four years is, is insane. I've heard on podcasts, like he, he still doesn't know all of the rules of football. Um, so some of the stuff he's doing is pretty magnificent. Um, the one that's very tempting to me is, is the guy that I think put up the, maybe the most historic combine ever, um, that we've ever seen. Um, and Jordan Davis, just what he was able to do it at six, six, three forty one is absurd. Um, just an absurd. Athlete. So. <laughs> The disrepair of the, the defensive tackle room, I mean, again, we're talking about Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai as your day one starters if the room stays the same, which it's not going to, but that's what we're looking at. Uh, not ideal. Uh, but I am a, a purist in maintaining that uh, passing on a wide receiver is about as spicy as it gets this year. So uh, my guy Garrett Wilson's on the board, and I can't pass that up, so I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, solid, uh, solid pick. Um, you know, if you ask me right now, 
uh, Jake. I think he is, if he's there, he's their guy. What are uh, your thoughts on, uh, on Garrett Wilson? Whoops. I t- uh, special player. I, I, I like Garrett Wilson. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I've been on that boat for a while of believing he's the best player for what uh, the modern receiver one receiver looks like to me in terms of his ability to work three levels of the field, separate, run, jump over people at the catch point. I think he's a better leaper than his number indicated. I think some guys are better leaper leapers as they run uh, than if they're standing still, if that makes sense, you know, it's a different launch angle for your hips. So I think he's got jump ball ability that we've seen and just runs a, Nice route tree creates yak. Like again, modern day types of Justin Jefferson's like, what's your best bet to get that type of guy? Not a, not a, not a guy who you think is going to win a vast majority of the same way, but a guy who could do a bunch of different things. I think he's, he's there. I'd have, I have, if they took Garrett Wilson on the first day of the draft, it's a home run to me. I I like the player. I like, I like the spot to pick him and I like the value. So yeah, I'm in definitely in been in for a while. I mean, as we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum here for a few months, if they go wide receiver, there are numerous, you know, ways that if they pick them, you go, yeah, okay, I see it. I mean, you could say it about Traylon Burks. You could say it about Drake London. You could say it about Chris Olave. You could even say it about Jamison Williams, even with that ACL, when you consider those videos that we saw just uh, last week of him six weeks after the surgery. But if you're looking for a guy that is just almost impossible to poke holes in his game, any serious holes in his game, I just... I think if Wilson is the guy uh, is on the board that, uh, you know, he's their guy barring something weird happening in free agency that completely changes the outlook. I think Wilson is the mm-hmm. guy, Corey, real quick, before we move on, why don't you tell us, you know, the specific things you like about him? I mean, I, you know, we, I think we all know what they are, but go ahead, break them down just a little bit for us. Yeah. Wilson's my top rated receiver in the class. Um, so what I love most about Wilson is again, his explosiveness to win in air. I mean, Jake mentioned him being able to, to leap better than he tested. And I think that's been apparent ever since that freshman year uh, national semifinal game where he, he leapt out of the building and brought down that massive catch on the, on the sideline against Clemson. Um, but what I love is and you, there's people, I, there's this weird thing out there that he's not a good route runner right now. Like that's the hot topic that people are liking to go with, but I think he's violent in and out of his breaks. Um, I don't see any issues with his route running at all. Um, I think he understands shoulder leverage well when he's when he's stemming um, to really work defensive backs hips into a frenzy. Um, and then as far as, as as playing with blind spots, so again when you when you can open up that defensive back's hip and then sneak in right behind it, uh, sneaking right behind it almost simultaneously is is tremendous. And it's something that that Wilson does exponentially. It looks like he's almost playing the game in slow motion. So the way that he can he can just toy with defenders' hips and sneak in um, where they, they they no longer have a visible visible spot on him. Um, it reminds me of Antonio Brown a lot. Honestly, um, the way that he can do that and the way that Antonio Brown has kind of done that throughout his career. So, um, again, we're talking about separation and nobody separates better in this class than Kerry Wilson. And also something I'd like to bring up is the is the body control. That's not something that can be measured at the combine or anything like that. He doesn't have the wingspan, the size of a London or, or Burks. You know, you talk about those guys being accuracy erasers like, you know, if it's around them, they, they can they he does it in ways that he can jump and turn in the air and his hands are still soft as as butter. It's, it's amazing, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. that he can, he has a catch radius that belies his size where he's just under a shade under six foot. He has a, I mean, if it's anywhere near him you know, and he gets his hands on it, it almost always does not hit the ground. And and that's because that just, you can't teach it that body control that it's, it's so graceful. It's like a ballet dancer. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Jake, uh, you're up my friend, uh, go for it. Yeah, let me share my screen. I am I am certainly uh, looking at trades. I am going to be full transparency. 
in the market for Cleveland to trade this year. I think trading down and gathering ammunition for next year is a really smart move. I have a theory behind it. I don't want to delve into too deep. I don't think it takes rocket scientist uh, level knowledge to understand why I would want to do that, but it is something I think you can still get a good player in, in the first round and be able to do. Cincinnati originally called with pick 31, pick 63, and they're second. Uh, from going to 31 to 13, I would like their first next year. I'm going to counter it. Uh, the Saints also offered 18 in their second-round pick, so I will come back to that if this one falls through. They declined it, so we're going to say screw Cincinnati. We have a trade offer on the phone. This is their original offer. Uh, no issue moving back to 18 and picking up pick 49 for pick 106, so I will accept that offer. Listen, this has been a weird draft. The first pick was Sauce Gardner, so <laughs> it's all over the yeah. board right now. we got a guard going 11. Um, we'll just, you know, it's a simulator for a reason. All right. Pick 18. I am not moving all the way back to pick 45. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm good there. Um, let's see what's on the board here. I mean, I obviously like Jamison Williams, obviously like Drake London. I've done about every single one of these. I've taken some of those guys, which, you know, it's fine. Um, if, if Trevon Walker's here at pick 18, it's really hard to pass him up. I mean, it's 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 a special player. I'm trying to give us a glimpse of of what you can get when moving back a couple times. So I'm going to try to see if there's anybody. Let's look at this as a group here. Who do you think at the end of this first round would be hungry to come up? Maybe Tampa there's, there's a quarterback on the board. Yeah, Tampa's yeah, Tampa. a realistic one. Um, Dolphins, too. Dolphins. Let's try Tampa first. So let's go to... NFC, Tampa, we'll say 18 for 27 in their next year's one. Do you want to go for any more? Maybe try to pick up a day three pick this year. Okay. Can't hurt. 170. We'll just try 246. All right, let's try one more time. Sometimes these things aren't, you know, they don't smell of the desperation teams have, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know. It's uh it's a it's an algorithm, so we'll try one more time. 18 and just try their first next year. All right, so they're not into giving it up. Let's see if uh Miami's interested in coming up for somebody they love. Yeah, Miami's desperate for offensive linemen, so with yep, and there's an offensive the lineman at the top. Yeah. It's gonna be hard. It's just the simulator's weird with this. Maybe try that San Francisco first. That's what we'll do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll just sit at pick 18. Um, yeah, that's the thing, Taco Cat. Um, uh, the simulator, we love them, and they're fantastic for what they are, and they can be used in a myriad of ways. But obviously, it's all based on mathematical algorithms, and the human element isn't in there. So sometimes, once in a while, if you run enough of these, you're just looking around going, I, I, this is bizarre. Like it, it just gets wonky every so often, and obviously, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but yeah, and I don't think they have a force. Yeah, they don't have a force trade uh, element. No, because huh? no. this is a deal that a team would do. They give up a next year's one uh, to make this sort of thing happen. So you, you know, would think we, we could get like the the Saints did with for Marcus Davenport years ago. They came up about the same range ish, and they give up a future one as well. Right. I think somebody would call it eighteen here if Cleveland put it out there that they're willing to keep moving down. I mean, we could cheat the simulator and offer a second offer a second next year if you guys think it 
this is that. If you're, if you really want to force it through just to show what could happen, then yeah, go ahead and do it. I mean, and so we can get familiar with the guys at the back end of the first round, go for it. But, you know, I mean, let's, you know, uh, make sure we tell everybody, everybody watching, just keep in mind that we're not saying they should do this. We're just trying to get it through so we can look at the guys at the back half of the second, or I'm sorry, the back half of the first round. So in this scenario, obviously we would gain a first round pick to give up. 18, which we moved back and gained pick 49 and swapped out 106 for 49. So that 106 is now gone uh, for 49, which isn't okay. So you'd go down to pick 49 and you'd have an extra next uh, one next year. So, which would be, I I did not actually offer them a first. This was just a a matter of getting the trade to go through because if you look at the value, it is, it is still realistic in my opinion. Um, I'm probably good. I'd like to make a pick here. Not going to move back any further. Okay, so at this spot, I mean, if Drake London is still here or Traylon Burks, they're both in the in the realm of possibility. Lewisine is fun. Not the position we need. Um, Jahan Dotson is fun as a wide receiver. The edge class, the top-tier edge guys um, – are gone by this point, right? Like all those guys that you would look at and yeah. be enticed with. Uh, it's hard to see any of them uh, slipping to this point. So there's a collection there. I think that these guys that are there are fair. Uh, you know, Travis Jones, interesting here. I mean, I've seen some people mock him first round. I think Dane just mocked him first round, I think, he late did. first round. He did today. Um, yeah. So he's an interesting player. The ed- the edge group, I don't see anybody in here that makes me hungry to take them right here, depending uh, based on the group that I think is there. Boy, Trent McDuffie thought would test better. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Gordon was supposed to run the fastest 40 of the weekend, yeah, too, when he ran like four five. Pretty strange. Linderbaum being combat. available here is definitely realistic based on the arm length questions. So, I mean, I'm <sighs> – all this trading around, trying to get different scenarios, and I, I think I'm like a four for five Drake London taker at this point, Steve. But I, <laughs> I like I like him here, and it'd be silly for me not to take him. I do think he's gone by this point. At which point, if he was gone, I would have no issue with the back end of the first round taking Burks at all. So, but I'm going to take London uh, at pick 29 and try to give us an example of uh, what we can get next. So I will pause mine, and you throw yours up, Steve. Yeah, uh, we'll take a look at uh, uh, some Drake London moves here. And there was a great thread put out uh, earlier today, um, blanking on who it was. Um, It was from, I believe, the Oregon game. And you watched London run basically the entire route tree uh, in in one single game. And you saw what what people like Sobo and us have been saying. So many of these catches of his that end up being contested catches shouldn't be that way. He's creating the separation that people can't say he can't do, but the ball's late or the ball's off target. And by the time it gets there, the defensive backs, then he's usually bracketed, have time to get there and, and make it turn it into a contested catch. So I, I, I can't say it anymore. There's also a difference between face. there's a difference between a contested catch because you can't do anything about, and being a gifted back shoulder player. Right, a back shoulder throw is a gifted thing that not a lot of guys can do successfully. So that there is just sheer athleticism. But like I've talked about this in our group here at the OBR is like if you're looking for a guy that fits with what Baker can do, like he is a really proficient back shoulder thrower, and 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 London can go get it very smoothly out of that back shoulder scenario, and can run past you and jump over you if he needs to. So he's not 
he is not a lack of separation guy to me. He is not a, a catch point concern guy. He's he's not a one trick guy to me. He's not a burner. He's not going to run away from NFL corners over the top often. But that doesn't mean you can't make plays because you. Th- it's like a, it's like Jamie Moyer. Remember Jamie Moyer, the nice soft toss and lefty. Yeah. Right. Still confused hitters, got outs. I think that that, and I don't think London's slow. He is a. He can four get. Five guy. I think low he's a four, four, five, mid, yeah. four mid to yeah. low four five guy, and he's a bully after the catch. Like he literally plays bully ball, and he, he there's some plays where you're like, how did he make that See, guy that's... miss? Hesitation, stop, start, make a guy miss. He's a yak creator, <clears throat> man, and it's not corny yak. Like he creates it after the catch. So I'm 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 all I'm all in on who he can be. I I do love being able to slide down a little bit and get him, but I think there's still an outcome where a team's in love with him and he's already gone by 13. So yeah. You know, he's 20. He's 20, and he's never focused on football that much. He's been a basketball football guy. He just started focusing on football. I think the sky's the limit, man. I really do. Yeah, I think he has uh, uh, the uh, the stuff in the right situation to be right there with the best in this class. And, Corey, uh, this is uh, up your alley. You're, I, I love the way you break down film. But I think, obviously, he doesn't have the speed, the top-end speed of a Jamison Williams, but his speed variance, his pacing – is very similar. They're both really, really good at it, right? And it's kind of yeah. like, you, Jake, you were talking about baseball. I could never throw that hard, but I learned early on, if you change speeds a lot on a hitter and you can throw strikes, it confuses them more than motion and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's similar for defensive backs. If you can stop, start, and, and you know vary your speed and vary your routes and stuff like that, it's devastating, right? And he does that, Corey. Yeah, he absolutely does. Um, he's very good at, at I, I refer to it as a throttle, like throttle. You know, people refer to it as throttling your routes. Um, Jahan Dodson does it really well. So if you want to see a receiver who knows how to throttle his routes, um, that's a good guy to watch. But London's actually very good at it as well. Um, and, and there's other elements of creating separation other than at the catch point, winning with height, with which London thrives at, and with speed. There's more than two ways to create separation. So uh, a way that, that London thrives at creating separation is his ability to hand fight down the field. So mm-hmm. um, in that clip we just watched, there's a Stanford clip where he hand fights really well, keeps his frame clear. And then he's very good at, at making that subtle nudge at the top of his routes to, to create that extra cushion at the top of his routes um, between him and the defensive back. Um, it's one of my favorite phrases now. I think Benjamin Solak was the one who started it, but always create or, or always commit offensive pass interference is, is the new phrase for wide receivers. And, <laughs> and London's very good at the always commit offensive pass interference. Um, he's just very subtle at it. He's got that good chicken wing at the top of his routes to hide it and, and give that extra nudge at the top of routes to, to really get himself clear of contact. Um, so that's what I like a lot about London's game. Yeah, uh, quick shout out to the chat. Organic Purity, uh, I saw a little bit ago. I've, I've been waiting to get to you uh, subscribed again with Amazon Prime. We appreciate you being a subscriber. If you guys have Amazon Prime, you can get a free subscription. There's one included with every Amazon Prime to any Twitch streamer of your choice. If you scroll back up to the top of the chat, I put a link in there. It's the very first link. It walks you through it. It takes less than two minutes to do that. But your question here, who, who fits the offense better? I think Jake, you answered it uh, perfectly in the uh, uh, in the uh, chat there. Yes, that's the question. It's just a matter of, and, and you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to depend at least somewhat on what they do in free agency too. You know, I mean, if they go out and and their big guy is a is a slot only guy, a Christian Kirk or something like that, then maybe they lean a little bit more towards London or something like that. But I still think they go best, you know, just the best player regardless, and then you figure it out on the field. But I think either of them or Traylon Burks, you know, or Jamison Williams would be a, a terrific addition. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm up. Oh, yeah. I am using PFF. Where is mine? 
There it is. I am using the PFF one. Uh, and just so you guys know, when my final uh, results come up, I have also forced through a couple of trades that are going to look weird. Uh, they do not have the Quasi pick in there uh, at 98, and they do not have the Browns seventh rounder at 220 in there. So I offered, you know, firsts and seconds and all kinds of weird stuff just to get those. So when it comes up, don't think I'm stupid that I'm offering a second round pick for the seventh round pick from the Panthers this year. There's lots of other reasons to think I'm stupid. All right. You can see here uh, at uh, 13, Linderbaum, top guy on the board. Uh, Devin Lord, Bernard Raymond's going to be 25 this season. I can't imagine they're going to take him. Kobe Dean's a terrific player. I, I would just be stunned. I would I would fall down. I would be Clark Griswold, head sewn to the carpet, stunned if they went uh, linebacker in the first round. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up the two positions we've been looking at here. You got Jamison Williams, Chris Olave still there, trailing Burks. So London and Wilson, you can see right there, uh, Wilson went one pick I just can't stop thinking us. about Wilson and Justin Jefferson uh, yeah. on the field at the same time. That'd be really it's, fun. Yeah, uh, Kirk can Unfair. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah. really run up those stats on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at the edge, uh, Treven Walker is still there. It would be extremely difficult to to pass on him here. Uh, Ojabo, as uh, Corey talked about, is also interesting. But somebody uh, in the chat a little bit ago said, why don't we take Jordan Davis just in one of these just to see what happens? I'm going to go ahead and do that. I would, I would take um, either Jamison Williams or uh, uh, Trevon Walker here. But I think that's a good idea because we always say what we're trying to do here is give different looks, give as many different options as we possibly can. Uh, and so let's go ahead and do that here. Jordan Davis, I, I got to say, I'm going to go ahead and take him here and then I'll pull this down. Much freakier um, of an athlete than anybody anticipated. <laughs> and that does put like he's all time com- combine athlete here. And like that puts yeah. him in the Browns. He is way more in the discussion for Cleveland than he was before the combine Mm -hmm. and again i don't i would be surprised not stunned if they took him there i would be surprised but pleasantly surprised because they could see him as a good enough athlete to be a three down player i just think that he's he's too athletic to not be considered a three down player so you know georgia's scheme called for rotations and different things and and uh you know teams tried to run on them laterally a lot because why the hell would you run it interior against those guys right like um Right. You know, so they try to get rid of the football quick because why wouldn't you try to get rid of the football quick against Georgia? You have no other choice. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I would have if that was the pick, I'd be surprised, but I'd be like, yeah, man, that's a really good defensive tackle for a long time. I, I, well, what, you, what you and I have been talking about this for months. I have said this since the fall, and Corey, mm-hmm. you can jump in if you agree or disagree. That that's the common refrain with is he's only a two down player, see, and you don't do that uh, on day one, which I agree with. If someone is clearly a two down player. It's not a day one pick. It's not a smart day one pick for me. I have always said, I think he can be more than that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, like you said, it was a scheme thing. Maybe it's an effort thing. I don't know. You know, we, we weren't there. That's the one thing we out here can't, uh, uh, you know, can't ever know. It doesn't look like it. He seems like he's got enough juice to do it all the time. So you're right. If they think he can be a consistent three down player and consistently give them that push up the middle, as well as obviously being, you know, a Buick with feet in the run game. I, yeah, I, I still probably would go edge or wide receiver here just because I think it's a higher impact position, um, especially if they sign two guys uh, along the interior like we did here uh, in this uh, in this scenario. But if they happen to swing and hit big at edge and wide receiver and strike out at interior defensive line, maybe that shifts the narrative. Uh, Corey, your thoughts on the big uh, the big fellow from Georgia? 
Yeah. So again, he did only play 33% of the snaps for Georgia. That's a small number. That's a very small number. But again, we're talking about over his past two years, we're talking about Aziz Ojolari, who was a top 50 pick, probably would have been a first rounder had those knee concerns not come up at the combine. And then last year, also Jermaine Johnson played at Georgia, who's going to be a, a top 10, top 15 pick this year from Florida State. Jermaine Johnson had to transfer from Georgia to get snaps because this Georgia defensive front over the next two years has probably seven first rounders on it. So we're talking uh, Jordan Davis. We're talking Devontae Wyatt. He's too old for the Browns. They're not going to take him, but we're talking Devontae Wyatt. Uh, we're talking Nolan Smith, who's going to be a first round edge rusher next year. That dude's got levers for days. That dude is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking uh, Trevon Walker and we're talking Adam Anderson, who would have been a first round pick in first round discussion, but he did have some off the field stuff that, uh, got him suspended the rest of the year and is, is pretty damning. So, um, but that's what we're talking about. Like this is a stacked Georgia front. So if we're talking passing situations, are you going to put Nolan Smith, Trevon Walker, Adam Anderson on the field? Or are you going to keep Jordan Davis on the field? Like that's what, that's the, the type of athletes we're talking about at Georgia. So that has to be taken into account. Um, so I definitely think, especially some of the quick twitch lateral movement you can see from, from Davis on, on the film. Uh, there's some crazy stuff of him getting parallel all the way to the boundary and making plays along the boundary as well, which is just absurd. Um, I definitely think he can be a three down player at the next level. Real quick, before we uh, go to your next pick, I just saw this fumble 13. This was when I was talking about uh, uh, changing speeds as a pitcher because, like, yes, I, I definitely did not fool Griffey. Uh, that ball that he hit off of me in 1985 still <laughs> hasn't landed. I guarantee it. It's still going. I just saw that. Good one. I, it's a good I story, though. You. Yeah, it is. It was fun. It was uh, – well, it wasn't fun in the moment, but it's a nice story now to be able to tell. All right, Corey, you're up. Uh, where's yours? There it is. Yep, I am back at 44. I'm not going to do any trades. Um, I'll let you guys explore that. I'll just do kind of a straightforward one here. Um, so in the meantime, off the board, since our pick, you know, um, Karloftis, Davis, Wyatt. Again, Wyatt's 24. That's a guy that Browns aren't even going to consider as early as he's going to go in the draft. It's not going to happen. Uh, Linderbaum, that's early for Bowen, I think, even though he ran like a freak. Um, Perion Winfrey, I would have considered him had he been on the board, but he's gone. That's really it. Tyler Smith is a good player. Sean Ryan is a guy I will pound the table for. Um, so we're left with some quarterbacks. I just do not like this quarterback class enough to even take one at 44. Just I'm not even in in the consideration here. Um, Walker's or um, Harris is a freak, but his eyes are garbage. Um, he's got some really bad eyes. Um, not taking a running back. DeMarvin Leal would be interesting. I did not expect him. I expected him to test better than he did. Though. He came in at like in the 280s for an interior defensive lineman. Everybody touted how freak of an athlete we, he was, and he just didn't show it. Um, that plus some some pretty subpar tape from a year when he was a top 10 prospect preseason is just – it's not a good combination. Um, I don't really like any of these names, so I am going to scroll down. I would consider Sky Moore. Everybody knows my love for Sky Moore. Um, but I'm going to go down here to Travis Jones. So um, we've <laughs> talked about Travis Jones a lot, and I think Travis Jones would be getting a lot more – uh, run uh, had Jordan Davis not tested like a freak. So again, for a six foot four, three hundred twenty five pound dude, thirty four inch arms, we're talking a nine, a four nine two forty yard dash. Like uh, that twenty yard split is incredible. Um, just incredible agility at that size as well. Very good agility and and, and some good explosive grades as well. So um, we're talking about Travis Jones, a guy who is just a freak athlete um, at his size. Again, UConn is a, a tin can of a program, but you know that's a really really good player to punch out. Um, and again, what the Browns need is, is interior defensive lineman badly. He's a guy who could play some shade. He's a guy who could slide out to three tech. Um, so he he can kind of he can 
he can wear a couple hats along that interior of the, of the defensive line as well. So uh, again, positional need matches value here. Um, and so he's 60 on this board, but again, Dane Brugler mocked him in the first round. So like, that's what we're talking about, the kind of player here. So I'm going to go Travis Jones. Yeah, I think Jake, uh, it's, I I likened his uh, combine workout to Nick Chubbs a few years ago, because if Saquon Barkley hadn't, you know, had an otherworldly performance, we would have been talking about Nick Chubbs because Nick Chubbs combine was just ridiculous. And it's kind of the same thing here. Nick Travis Jones blew everything away, but Jordan Davis just, as you said, literally, I think the second best um, combine of all time. So, um, you know, well, I was going to ask Jake for his, uh, for his opinion on uh, Jones here. And here's the thing people say, uh, you know, UConn, Oh, well, they don't play the toughest schedule. No, they don't. So you always look at a guy and you ask, from a smaller school, and, you know, they're not terribly small, but, you know, a smaller school like that, how did he do against the top competition? If you go back and watch his game against Clemson here, he was tossing dudes all over the place. He was absolutely uh, murdering people. So, you know, he, he had he had himself a heck of a day uh, against, uh, against Clemson. Jake's back. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Travis Jones here real quick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yeah, man, every everything you want. He plays uh, with, with, I think, some pretty heavy hands. I think he can... He can disengage the way you need to disengage, but can also do the sudden stuff that creates angles, right? The little sudden burst that creates angles. It's not all about hand fighting. Sometimes you just have to be faster than the guy in front of you, you know, trying to cut you off, sliding A to B, stuff like that. And uh, there's just so much good tape. There's so much good tape to like. I think, I think in my opinion, I would put him as a, a superior upside, more consistent Larry Ogunjobi. That's where I would kind of liken him. And I think Larry, as a third round guy had a ton of upside, the, the body, the, the testing, and he just wasn't consistent enough. Now he found some more uh, in since in Cincinnati, but, but still just not consistent enough. And I think Jones does a lot of those things that we were begging Larry to do. I think he does them pretty well. So that's a guy that I uh, try to liken him to for everybody kind of following along with the type of player. Like there were players we saw plays we saw from Larry that were like, 
wow, like that is that's impressive. Right. You would get up under somebody, you would bull rush, you would he would hit a quick chop spin, like a little uh, club rip. He would do some different things where, you know, think back to 2018, I think it was in New, in New Orleans, where he was consistently in Drew Brees' lap in that game, right? Like he had moments, just not consistent enough with uh, what they wanted from him uh, to, to, to be a long-term part of the Browns. I think Jones can do those things more consistently, and that's a pretty exciting player. So, yeah, uh, a good question here real quick before we go to your next pick. Uh, uh, we'll throw it out as a roundtable. Just a quick one here. What do you think is more likely the Browns trade down from 13 or try to trade back up into the first from 44? Trade down. I don't think they're going to move up in this draft. I just don't see it. I don't I don't see it. They're not like move up moves like that or uh, back into the first round from 44 is a pretty big leap. And you got to give up yep. a lot. And I just don't think they're going to move up from 44. That's just me personally. They moved up last year, but that was just to swap a pick later and to move up what, like three spots, four spots wasn't much. Seven. I just, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't an overwhelming amount um, more than my memory serves, but uh, I just don't see that personally. Corey. Yeah, I don't either. Again, we're, we're talking about an Andrew Barry staff when he was on the staff with, um, Sashi Brown, they did it to, to draft David and Joku. They traded back up in the first round, but they moved, were moving it from 33 then. They had the first right. pick in the second round. So it wasn't as exponential as 11 picks later back up this far. So uh, I don't see it. Yeah. And I will throw in too there that, uh, you know, Dane and DJ and, you know, people much smarter about the draft than we are have consistently said the rankings between 25 and about 55 or 60 are going to be very fluid. It's going to be really even in there and really is going to come down to scheme and what's your favorite flavor. So uh, the odds that they have somebody graded high enough to move up, you know, a dozen spots or more into the back end of the first round seem, seem long to me. All right, Jake, you're up. Uh, in the in the mind of of this situation where trading back is like I'm trying to gather assets, like I'm I'm really I I think some people might think I'm trying to be funny or like I think that this is a wise play for them. Like I think they can be all in with the guys they've had around and then also gather assets to help this year and help in the future. So if these opportunities present themselves, if I know that the worst, <laughs> listen, we got to entertain this because we didn't entertain it last year. Everything was rose-colored glasses. We we're all excited about the year, and this is what landing on your face looks like. So I think they're giving signs they're going to run back as many of these guys as possible. They still might not do it with Jarvis. We'll see. We've heard murmurs from Brad about the potential to uh, to gather uh, a cheaper contract. I don't know, but until I see evidence of – a, a clear decision on some of these things with moving on from people. I think they're going to run it back, see what Baker does, see what the guys do, but also keep an eye on gathering some assets to, if they have to flush the toilet, essentially, I hate to say it that way, but if they have to flush the toilet of a lot of important pieces, they have as much, as much ammunition as possible to next year. If you get hungry for a quarterback next year, you can move up, right? You can get hungry for some things like I have an extra second and I have an extra first. Here's these picks and that we're coming up to get a Stroud, a Bryce Young, whatever it is. I think that that would be a really smart play for them. So um, let's let's take this offer, right? Uh, pick pick 44 for 55. You move back 11, but you move up from four to second round next year. So I'm going to accept that. And I also don't rem- forget, I had moved back to 18 and uh, and took the, the Dolphins, gave me some ammunition um, as well uh, for next year for 23. I am not liking that one, so we're going to pick here. All right. We both like Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal. Like him a lot. Sean Ryan's fun. Alec Pierce tested fun. Um, kind of remember. Linderbaum's still there. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of surprising. Agreed. We did sign a lot of defensive end talent uh, when we looked at this. Arden Key, Jerry Hughes, Judd Evan Clowney, all one-year guys, though. Again, we're talking about sort of that flush the system theory, right, where you could potentially be looking to uh, move on from some guys next offseason. Um, this is an interesting spot we're sitting at. DD Nineberg has a question. What's he got? Can you pass I, on the I think, to me, Nick Harris can do it. I see Linderbaum is a good player, but I see him as a very similar player to Harris. Harris is shorter, but Linderbaum's arms are dangerously short. And like, I still think he's going to be fine in the NFL. I just don't see that as something we need. I just, I just don't see something we need. So um, that you're talking about someone's like, can you be bad enough to get Stroud? Here's what I'm talking about. I get it. They're not going to be the first pick, but if some team who doesn't need a first overall pick quarterback Jaguars, Chargers season bottoms out, Justin Herbert gets hurt. Anything could happen. Any team could have a quarterback that they believe in and could end up with the first pick. If you have an extra first, your pick, an extra first, an extra second, that's ammunition to still right. give up things to go get that guy and still be able to piece together something else behind that pick. So that's my thought process here, why I'm thinking that way. Trying to keep an eye on now and the future is a possible way these guys could go. Um Man, it's funny. I like a lot. Of, I like two offensive tackles, and I like some receivers. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't have a clear answer for you guys right now. I would probably take Travis Jones just because we didn't we didn't address IDL a ton <laughs> in free agency, right? Um, Logan Hall or Travis Jones would be fine for me here. I probably would go Jones. Uh, just because I like I like either of them. I could go either of them and not care. Uh, if Logan Hall's there at 55, I'll probably end up taking him just to be transparent. So I'll take Jones too, just because I think it would really help at that spot. Again, don't think he'll be there. Yeah, he's a good player. A uh, couple couple questions here. Uh, since we already showed his highlights, we won't rehash it again. DD Nineberg. Yes, he is. Uh, he's 23. Uh, so he's outside the age rail, uh, age guard rail, and uh, uh, RIP Langsta, the PSU edge. He is also outside the age guard rail. So. They may break it this year. They may bend it this year because it's a funky COVID year. We've been saying that for a while, but I think the odds are heavily that if they do that, it will only be on uh, uh, day three. So, Jake, since you had two picks, real quick here, just go ahead and do your next one here before we move on to mine. All right. In this scenario. Do you have uh, a picture of Logan Hall on the (laughs) stand? Yeah, I, I, I would probably take Hall. I mean, but I could take Tyler Smith and feel good about the future good. of right tackle. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of really fun players here. Hey, Super Surge. Glad you made it. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I mean, Mechie's fun too. Really fun. There's a lot of good players in this range that I like. Uh, this is, uh, we took, we, we, we signed a couple trying to keep an eye on the now and later I'm talking about as a, as a, uh, a piece of this whole operation. Taking way too long with my picks here, guys. Just got to take a guy. I'm going to settle on. 
my it's long like term right for my tackle wife to get ready yeah, for crying shut out up. Loud. I'm taking my right tackle to future Tyler Smith. I think he's going to be a nice player. I yeah, do. Good so. pick. Um, he's been in the early day three on these boards for a long time, and I continually just kept saying I just I, I like him a lot better than this. And you know now, now that the Senior Bowl and the Combine have come up, it appears that uh, you know the league is catching up. So first, so round that's night? good. Yeah, he is. He's, he's getting first, which I think is a little rich. I think he's a little raw for day one. I do too, um, but I have the hot take that like we're talking about like the Carolina Panthers supposedly love Trevor Penning at sixth overall. Right. And so like if we're talking about Penning versus Smith, I like Smith better for what they are. Like yeah. they're both two very physical players. And I, I would even say Smith probably has a higher a higher body count of dudes he's just thrown into the ground than Penning has. And that's Penning's calling card. Like he's I mean, Penning's probably a little bit more athletic, but it doesn't really show on tape. So for what it is, I think Smith is better than Penning. Better yeah, than Smith is is mean. He's just nasty. He he enjoys mm-hmm. humiliating the guy across from him. Uh, good question here from Super Surge. Uh, one of our regulars just showed up a little bit late. We appreciate you being here. And uh, Jake, you and I were texting about this a little bit ago after the Russell Wilson news broke, and everybody's saying, "Oh, now they're going to trade everybody." You know, I, who knows if that's what they're actually going to do? But and you and I said, well, I said, and uh, uh, I think you agreed with me. If it came down that they called and said they wanted, you know, forty four for DK Metcalf, I. I that's about as high as I would go. I would try to talk him down to a third, but a, a two for DK Metcalf. And then you grab a, you know, a Walker or a Carlaftis in the first at 13 or something like that. I mean, I, I'd yeah. be totally okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would too. It's just always funny when, when these things happen, these deals happen, you see like everybody going over to the dead body on the road, the Seahawks and like pecking at the body, like birds. Just like, Oh, Tyler Lockett. Oh, DK Metcalf. Like, yeah, like, it's just funny. I mean, yeah. I mean, if DK Metcalf was really available, uh, yeah, I would be more than willing to, uh, to take, to take DK Metcalf for the 44th pick in the draft. Now, some people have asked about 13 <coughs> and I think he's a good, I think he's a really good player. And if your thought was, well, we're taking a wide receiver at 13 anyway, but the thing with DK is you've eaten into a couple of rookie year, uh, rookie right. years of the deal. And, but, but again, how often do you hit first round picks? You can actually lock in a really good wide receiver, but it's like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what they would value there. So I, I'd be into Metcalf at 44, like, absolutely i'd give him a couple like this year's two and another or something if they wanted to go that route i would get kind of crazy on it because you really want to solve explosives you solved it you figured you figured it out so like that's a big part of it too so exactly um, i mean between that metcalf with the 44th pick and then you know let's say again you know carlaftis or walker or you know whoever your edge of choice is that you think is the guy falls to 13 you've immediately solved your two big, well, not solved, but you've come close to solving your two biggest gaps on the entire roster. And that allows you to, you know, do all other kinds of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause I thought that was a, a interesting question. I am up next here uh, at 44. Um, it, 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 or I'm 45 on the, uh, on the uh, PFF board. And again, it's, it's kind of a, an in-between place. Uh, you can see Travis Jones is there, but because in mine, we decided to see what would happen with uh, um, taking uh, uh, the big fella from Georgia uh, at 13. I'm not going to go that route. You look at the edges. Uh, Corey, this is one you and I uh, disagree on. Uh, Kingsley uh, in Agbury, I like him quite a bit. You don't like him as much, but Cameron Thomas, I like better than this as well. So there's two solid edge uh, guys, I think, available here in this range. But I think we anybody who has followed the dailies is, knows where I'm going to go here. I just love this kid. I just absolutely love Sky Moore. I think he is 
I think he is everything that you want in a modern NFL wide receiver. You go and you watch him work against press, especially against press. He's deadly. He's absolutely deadly. Um, now the question, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take him there and then we can talk about him. Um, the, the question about him, of course, is going to be, he's a little bit shorter, uh, but he's rocked up. He doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. Uh, and then they're going to talk about, you know, level of competition playing in the Mac, but I don't see it as an issue because he's just absolutely dusting people. Um, I think Corey, and tell me if you think I was wrong. He can play outside. He did it quite a bit at Western, but I think his spot in the NFL is going to be overwhelmingly on the inside, right? Uh, I think I would push back on that a little bit. I think it can be closer to a 50, 50 split. He's not going to mean exclusively outside the, the outside the numbers guy, but uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was 65, 35 in college outside. And so I think the way that he wins against press, again, we're talking level of competition, but I mean, he did it against Michigan. He did it against Pitt. Um, he had some nice games against, against P5 teams that I'm like, I, I think he could, he could still push some defensive backs on their heels in the NFL too. Um, I think early on, that's probably your best bet is to, to push him inside a little bit. But again, just how, how he uses his hands at the top of the routes. The, the, he's very good at stacking defensive backs to the point where like, I've seen on more than one occasion where he causes a defensive back to, to get their feet tangled and, and fall down because he's, he's like, that twitchy at the top of the routes, uh, at the top of his route. So I think he can win outside the numbers early on, maybe not, but I, I mean, Jarvis Landry is a 65, 35 guy at the NFL level. And I think sky's twitchier sky's better against press coverage sky's better. And you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. So I think he can be 65, 35 at the next level too. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. I think, uh, you know, depending on how the makeup of the wide receiver room will, will obviously dictate a little bit of that as well. I mean, if you have a guy in your route that only plays on the outside, then you're going to, you know, that number is going to jump up just because that's the situation that you're in. So yeah, all you guys uh, shocked that I took him. Uh, yeah. I've kind of, uh, I've kind of beat that drum a little bit here. Uh quick shout out. To it's been crazy to see him kind of climb though. These, these simulators though. Oh, it was so much nicer when we could get him at 154, wasn't it? It was so much nicer then. Uh, Quick shout out to Wagon4345. Subscribe seven months in a row. And as I like to say, every time we see seven months, um, I believe that means you've been here since day one. So we really, really appreciate that. Thank you for uh, being a subscriber here. Quick reminder, next Monday, the Subathon. We're going to be on the air one hour before legal tampering starts right here on the OBR Twitch channel. Guaranteed to stay on three hours, but a subathon is, is if you guys are buying new subs and cheering new bits, we will stay on. Every new subscription adds five minutes. Every 100 bits cheered will add one more minute. We'll go to a maximum of eight hours on the first day of legal tampering because I think we all expect the Browns to be making some moves. Maybe not top of the market, changing the market type moves, but we all expect them to be signing some guys and shoring up some some holes because Andrew Berry is aggressive on day one. So we will be here with you for that. More information will come out in the next week. Uh, we hope to see you guys here uh, for the duration, for as long as you can make it. Just keep us up in the background. And, and anytime anything happens, pop over and see uh, what we're up to. Corey, you are up with your next pick, my friend. All right, let's get over here. So two players I would have been interested in right here are Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely. I like both of those players quite a bit. Um, the two top tight ends on my board right now. I still have to work through some of the, the bigger names like Kate Otten still, um, but that's where that sits. Um, I would have been interested in George Pickens had he fallen a little bit further. Um, Logan Hall just off as well. Um, but where I sit, uh, we got David Bell, John Mechie kind of here. Leo Chanel is a player that I'm very interested in. Um, bang for buck, I think he's the best linebacker that I've watched so far. Um, just extremely violent at the point of attack, works downhill really well. And I've seen enough of a framework in coverage to think like, oh, that's an area he can grow. Uh, we know they're interested in Calvin um, Austin. I think Mary Kay had an article saying the Browns have, have been sniffing around Calvin Austin a little bit. 
Uh, I haven't taken an edge yet. Um, so Drake Jackson makes a little bit of sense here too. Um, Drake Jackson's a hardy valve because again, he was playing out of position. He was asked to drop weight. So I didn't love his tape. Um, but those are things I have to take into consideration. <sighs> we did add some one year guys at edge. So this is the point where I weigh, do I double up a wide receiver and take a guy after redshirt for a little while, but I love his tape. Or do I just draft an edge to, to add a young edge to the room? And I think I'm just going to double up a wide receiver here. We've talked in our chat about John Mechie this week and uh, just how tremendous of a football player he is. Again, he tore his ACL in the, the semifinals game. So, uh, or was it the, it was, might have been the SEC title game. Um, yeah, but down the stretch, he tore, he tore his ACL. Um, but again, he's supposed to be on track to recover by July, August. So June. that's a tre- yeah. June. Yeah. So that's a tremendous schedule. Even if he does have to miss a little bit of a little bit of time, we we have Garrett Wilson. We took 13th overall. So I'm all aboard overhauling this wide receiver room, all aboard and doing what we need to do to get guys who can get open and who can separate. And in in my opinion, I don't know if I've seen a better receiver who works off the line of scrimmage better than John Mechie in this class. Um, so I'm all aboard taking, I don't care about size. That's another thing that, that maybe is a little bit spicy, but I don't care about size at the, at the wide receiver position. Can you get open? That's what I want to know. Can you get open? John Mechie can get open. So I don't have any problem pairing him with Garrett Wilson, two kind of undersized wide receivers. I'm taking John Mechie. Yeah. Super smart. You can see that he just, he knows where the green grass is. He knows what the guy covering him can and can't do. And he exploits it. He's kind of like, um, like a Greg Maddox pitching, you know, he knows what you can't do and he's going to beat you to death with it until you prove that you can do a couple of quick questions about the subathon here that apparently I did not clarify. And that's my fault. Super surge. Uh, that's Monday, the 14th, this coming Monday, the first day of legal tampering is when the subathon is going to be. And uh, uh, Mr. Pierce, who is also always here. We love having you here. That will start at 11 a.m. Uh, tampering starts at noon Eastern. So we're going to be on the air one hour tracking all the rumors. You know, Brad will be, uh, chiming in when he hears anything. Hopefully, Lena will be chiming in when he hears things, Fred, all that kind of stuff. So 11 a.m. Uh, this coming Monday, the 14th, the first day of uh, legal tampering. All right, Jake, you're up. <clears throat> yeah, I'm up at pick 78. There's several guys I'm interested. Jalen Petrie is, is a fun player to me, a diverse safety who can do some different things. Uh, John Mechie, obviously, you guys just spoke about. Uh, I like Quay Walker tested really, really really well uh you know logan hall still sits on the board right now as this is a weird sky moore still sits on the board again varying uh varying boards here with different results in terms of how players are Mm -hmm. valued uh up at the top though uh, given that we've signed some receivers i expect to be around for a little while which is different (laughs) than maybe some of the one-year jerry hughes clowny rental situations I do feel inclined to keep adding along the D-line and Logan Hall still being here. I don't expect him to be here at 78, but I'm at the mercy of the board, so I will take him at 78. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you've taken him uh, 400 times uh, in the last uh, Okay, uh, few, easy, uh, Sky Moore. <laughs> we've done here. Hey, I can give and I can get. Uh, yeah. So tell us what it is exactly you like about him. What? What? Uh, what why do you keep taking him? Well, I like guys who can do multiple things on the defensive line. I, I like guys who can play inside and play outside. Uh, I think that's a big reason we like Clowney, right, it was about the diversity of position. Arden Key's kind of showing us another path, interchangeable pieces. You know, I don't know what Logan Hall is going to be best at yet, so there's a little bit of scared 
nature? Is he just a tweener? Is his career going to be as a tweener, right? Can, can you should do one thing well. And that's kind of the risk I would take it a pick 78, right? Body type athleticism. I like all of those things out of him. We'll see what he grows into. I do think he has a problem playing too high at times, but from my experience, getting a guy out of the habit of playing too high is much more rectifiable than a guy who uses his hands the right way and has better natural traits. So those things are not as big a deal to me as a guy who can, who can benefit from playing low or teach him to play lower. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm taking him there. I like the, I like the value and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I have. I like, I, I just like the player, I like the player in terms of his ability to move along the line laterally and popular outside zone or wide breaking run system schemes, uh, screen passes that are becoming more popular. Um, so yeah. That's a little bit of my reasoning. I just think he's the best player for what they need. Based on who we signed, I think he's a really good fit for the future as well as still helping in the now. Yeah, and you know we should also add to that that uh, um, Joe Woods has shown over the last couple of years he likes to move those guys all over. When you have a Clowney, when you have a Miles, <clears throat> who's a mismatch pretty much anywhere, but if you have the ability to move Miles Garrett over a guard, or J.W. and Clowney over a guard, I mean, it's, you know, it's embarrassing for those guards. And so if you have other guys who can, maybe not all the time, but Logan Hall can switch out and play on the edge for you in certain situations where it's advantageous. So any kind of versatility anywhere, but especially on that defensive front when you got power rushers like 95 and 90, 95 and 90, I mean, obviously it's it's something that you you would love. My next pick, uh, it's interesting, and I want to I want to Remember, we, we I took Jordan Davis 13 because uh, someone in the chat said, let's do that just to see what happens. This is what happens. This is another reason why uh, I, I don't think it's going to go that way because I still haven't taken an edge. Okay, I took Sky Moore at the last pick. So we go down. Now we're at 78. Here's the edges that are left at this point. Um, some good players. Uh, some of them are outside the age guardrail, but are they top 100 picks? I don't know. The only one that I would say that I think is a top 100 pick on the field that fits the age guard rail would be Sam Williams. But he comes with his I'm sorry. He just barely does not fit the age guard rail. He turns 23. I think it's the first week of April or the last week of March. Like he's just outside, which might be okay for them this year. But he brings with him his own set of troubles. He's got off field stuff. We're not going to get into it here because we don't we're not legal experts. We don't know. Uh, he had some issues. Charges were dropped. All that kind of stuff. It's something that they're going to have to look into. But on the field, I know you love him, Corey. Uh, so just for the sake of you know make, getting different stuff and, and and making sure we have different players in all of these mocks for to compare and contrast, I'm going to go ahead and take Sam Williams here. I just wanted to make it clear this is why this my my mock draft is going to look so much different and so weirder because this is what happens when you go interior defensive line at 13. The, those you know top 50 guys at wide receiver and edge that we've taken over and over and over they're all gone by now so um i'm gonna take sam williams here i'm gonna throw it to you Corey, because i know you really really like him on the field tell, tell us why yeah he's explosive <clears throat> i kind of showed it at the combine too he tested really well at the combine super explosive player i think he just has an ordinary first step so i mean that's another way he can kind of lean into that explosiveness and i think he's got some really heavy hands really heavy hands, not super bendy, but again, the guys that historically who played across from miles have been those more um, stout defenders uh, who can set a strong edge, who can, uh, who can jump out of the building and, and, and kind of work parallel and run support. I mean, if we talk about Clowney did this year, it was tremendous uh, in terms of run support. So um, I think he fits that mold again. He does come with some baggage. Um, and I, I have a buddy who went to the, who was uh, on the field at the NFL PA bowl. And he said that even at the NFL PA bowl, like, 
Williams just didn't even care what people thought of him. Um, as kind of the persona he carried, even at these all-star events. So uh, there, there's there's some some stuff to consider with him. But on the field, he's explosive and he's got some strong, strong hands. Yeah, and uh, DD Nineberg. Um, in scenario, we might be okay with Key Hughes and Clowney, but it definitely shows what could happen. And yes, we will be okay for this year. But as Jake keeps saying, a lot of these guys, the wide receivers we signed in this scenario here tonight are sort of longer-term guys. They're going to be here multiple years. Most of those guys, with the exception of Clowney, who if they bring him back, I, I expect it's going to be in another similar two- or maybe three-year deal. There's nothing behind 95 and 90 at that point, and that's what the draft is all about. The draft is about two, three, four years from now. It's not necessarily about this year, uh, especially with these high picks, because those are your foundational pieces. You're hoping your number one and number two picks are around for you know anywhere from six to ten years. So to, to pass on that... Uh, I, is Davis that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we did it here tonight, and it's just a, a good way to uh, to take a look at different angles and different things. So uh, who is up? Corey, are you back up? I think so. Yep, I sure okay. am. So at 98, again, this is kind of a situation where I wish I could trade. I don't you know. You need premium on TDN to do that. But See you, man. Uh, and tight end is a need, but like, I don't love either of these tight ends. And I know I'm going to make, I'm going to make a lot of Ohio state fans mad, but like, when I watch Rucker, I just have questions about one, how do, you struggle to get open at the college level. Like if you look at all of Rucker's catches, they're, they're incredible, but it's because they're all tight window. And, and I, I don't see a guy who can separate or, or who's super savvy to, to kind of be able to create those cushions. Um, and I don't think it's going to get easier at the next level because I don't think he's a top tier athlete. Um, so I have questions there. And Weidermeyer, uh, I'm, I'm pretty low on as well. Again, I, I, he's got some drop issues, some big-time drop issues, and I think he just runs like he's got to poop all the time. So I don't think he's, like, a very smooth athlete. Um, <laughs> Dulcich is a little old for my liking as well. So I would take tight end here if there was one that I liked, but I, I don't like any of these guys. Ferguson's old. Um, so I'm actually going to consider linebacker here. So, again, I, I know the Browns still have faith in Jacob Phillips, and I know that there's still that hope that he can be the Mike next to next to JOK, you know, when they're running nickel 70% of the times. He hasn't been healthy for two straight years, though, so we don't have anything to back that up. Um, and, and fringing on top 100, like, why not take a shot here? Um, I don't have a date of birth on Quay Walker, so I don't know what his age is. I know it's close. Um, but I'm going to scroll down a little bit further here, and I, I know I mentioned him earlier, um, but I'm going to talk about Brandon Smith. Uh, from Penn State. So I mentioned him in an article, a roundtable about a player who was going to test well at the combine, uh, and he did just that. Um, so we're talking about Brandon Smith here. 6'3", 250, ran a 4.52 with a, a 1.6, 10-yard split, 2.6, 20-yard split, uh, 91st percentile, 97th percentile in terms of his explosive grades. So, like, we're talking about a freak. Again, he played Sam at Penn State, lost some weight this year, and kind of uh, tried to play a little bit more Mike, and it didn't go super well. Again, I think his eyes are, are his eyes are rough. Um, but again, we're talking the 98th overall pick. Um, and if the potential of a JOK Brandon Smith, just like sideline to sideline second level for the future is a lot to pass up right here. Uh, again, I've already taken two wide receivers, so I may, might consider that, but, um, and I don't love the edge, the edge value again, Sam Williams is there. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not huge on my J Sanders the way that some others are. Um, D'Angelo Malone is, is, is really just going to be a rotational guy. So, um, I'm taking a chance on the athletic guy here and I'm going to go with Brandon Smith. Yeah. 
it's hard to argue against taking athletes once you get past to you know, at or near or past a uh, uh, pick 100. We've often said that, Jake, that once you get into day three, athletes, 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 especially the deeper you get into day three, because there you're usually looking for your special teams guys. So you want guys that can blaze down the field or hit like a truck or all that kind of stuff. And, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to argue against adding top level athletes uh, to your team at any point. Uh, in the process. Uh, we're going to pick up the pace here uh, because we are into day three and we want to make sure we are out by 8.30. Quick reminder, one hour from now at 9 o'clock Eastern, the Garage Beers guys will be here. Uh, they'll be talking hockey tonight. So if you're a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, be sure to tune back in uh, for Michael Keefe and Chad and, and all the Garage Beers guys are going to be talking Columbus Blue Jackets hockey with Jake Christensen right here on the OBR Twitch channel. Jake, you are up. So right here, you're at the fourth round, basically, right? You're taken at the end of the third. This is the, is this the comp pick for Quasi? Am I wrong about yes. that? Okay, so yeah. there's a lot of guys I like. David Bell starts to become interesting at this range, at this range. Uh, I'm not including <laughs> Skymore. He's not going to be there. I'm not playing that game. It's not going to be there. Um, wide receivers to me. You know, I like Shakir. Tested better than I thought he would, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because I thought he was pretty athletic on tape. Calvin Austin's uh, all kinds of fast. The thing we got to analyze is this. I think right now we have four players we think are a stone-cold lock to be on the roster based on the decisions we made. You're not giving up on DPJ and you're not giving up on Schwartz. It's just too early. DPJ's produced. He's got a role. Schwartz too early. Okay. You signed two guys. Tra- I guess Traquan Smith might not make the roster. It's possible. But you, try, you signed DJ Shark, who's going to be a part of it. You drafted Drake London in my scenario. So it's like mm, six wide receivers, maybe. I don't know. It's not impossible, but maybe. Um, so I would probably take one more, but I'm not going to stretch myself for David Bell here because there are some other guys a little later that I like uh, a lot as well. Uh, the tight end spot, I'm interested in the guy we've talked about here. Um, you know, Cole Turner's. Fine, uh, Kolar, fine, but I, I definitely am also interested in Chigo. Chigaz, is it Chigazim? Is that pronouncing that right? Okonkwo? I think it's Chigazim. Chigazim? Chigazim? Chigazim, yes. Chigazim. I listened to it the other day when I need to listen to it again. Yeah. Daniel Bellinger tested unbelievably. Steve, we talked about him before testing, and he tested really, really well. So he's on my radar defensively. I mean, we've talked so far just between all of us talking. Um, you know, I think, I think Darian Beaver's – Nah, Troy Anderson, good athlete. Leo Chanel talked about him. I'm not crazy about a linebacker in this draft if we're bringing Walker back. Talked about Alex Wright before, right? We've talked about Dominique uh, Robinson blew up testing, right? Right. Had a nice uh, had a nice testing session. Uh, interesting. I'm not really crazy about that group. Corner. There's your guy. <laughs> He's there. He's there. Zion McCollum's a guy I was into before the combine, and he absolutely lit up the combine. I'm not sure he's a top 100 pick, but he lit up the combine in a way I thought he might. Obviously, a little later, our guy Nick Cross, who also lit up the combine, I think is going to be an interesting guy on their board. Um, DT, all the way to the top. I think for this situation, I would probably end up taking, because remember, I don't have a pick 106. Uh, I don't have that pick, so I'm kind of in between some different players that I like. I would probably, as we talked about speeding up the process for this situation, I'll be fine. I'll just take David Bell. I'll be fine as an example of where Mike, my threshold for David Bell starts. I just, the testing's not great. I get it, but I think there's a really, there's a good football player in there. There's a guy that can be an NFL wide receiver in there. And 
the production against guys who are playing in the league. Uh, I just think there's a good enough football player in there to still be a guy that can make uh, that can make a roster and can and can be a nice part of a timing based system that this incorporates as well. So uh, I would be fine with taking him about 98 on. So that's just uh, my my spot to take him. So. Yeah, and it's an interesting point you bring up about, uh, you know, you can't bring in seven, eight wide receiver. I think they will. I think they'll bring a ton into camp, but I think after the first four or five, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, street guys, like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Like, I wouldn't be against them taking, you know, Deshaun Hamilton just got released uh, from uh, the Broncos today, and he had a lot of hype when he was coming out before he got hurt. You bring him in on a tiny little, you know, invite deal for one year. Maybe he finds it. Maybe he's back healthy. That kind of thing. I could see them bringing in a sixth wide receiver. But you're absolutely right. I just I, there there comes a point where okay, now we've got too many wide receivers. You know, there's just yeah. not enough snaps for him. All right, I'm up here uh, at 98 at the Quasi pick, and there's just not a ton. Uh, I know we know I like Donovan West a ton, but in today's scenario, they kept J.C. Treader. Would they go ahead and take him anyway? Because this is probably the last year for JC one way or another. I think they probably would. I think they would take a Senate. They would take a Donovan West. They could take a Cam Jurgens. They might take a Dylan Parham, somebody like that, just to keep the line of succession going. But I'm not going to do that here uh, because I've taken uh, a lot of uh, different guys. We'll go to the tight ends. Uh, Isaiah Likely is still on the board here. That's, at, like you said, with Sky and yours. That's just not going to happen. So let's not even do that. Uh, Dulcich, I love if he wasn't 23. Uh, Mitchell is an ACL uh, risk that you're taking, but I love him uh, just a little bit later on on the board. Uh, what am I still missing here? What if I not? I mean, we could take a tackle or something like that. Uh, but I think here's what I'm we just talking about wide receiver. I only have one on the board right now. Uh, the only guy I've taken is Sky. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a guy that I've been talking about for over a year. And I know Corey, you and I differ on him, uh, but that's okay. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got yak ability. He's good in short areas. He will have the the uh, concentration drop. He did clean it up, but it's still something that can be there. And and uh, that's Romeo Dubs from Nevada. Um, his coaches call him the anti-diva because he just shows up and works. And I think that's a great thing for this locker room because, you know, I don't know if anybody knows, but we've, we've had some some problems in the wide receiver room. I don't, I don't know if that slipped under the radar. So I'm going to go ahead and take Romeo Dubs here because he's uh, he, I think he came in at six, two and a half, two ten. Uh, moves really well. And, uh, you know, again, if you're looking for explosives, if he can figure the rest of it out, that guy can definitely be explosive. You're up, Corey. Keep All right. rolling. So those two tight ends are still sitting at the top of my board, and I'm going to disregard them again. Uh, I still don't, I haven't taken an edge rusher, um, but at the same time, I haven't really liked the board. Like Tyreek Smith is a fine. I think he's just going to carve out a role as a rotational edge rusher, and I think it's fine. He's got some bend. He's got some athleticism to him. Um, that, that's probably where I'm going to go um, just to get an edge rusher here and a guy with some some long term um, some long term <laughs> stability as that that either that first guy off the bench, that second guy off the bench, or just you know even a situational pass rusher. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to take Tyreek Smith here. Yeah, former five-star athlete uh, was going to be the next big thing at Ohio State. And if you are, if people are looking at you as the next big thing at Ohio State, you you've got some juice. It never materialized for him, but all that stuff is still in there. Um, and so, if, if a coaching staff at the NFL level thinks they can coax it out, you know, here on day three, that's again athletes, athletes, athletes. Since you're already up again, go ahead and make your next pick at one sixteen, Corey. All right, one sixteen. The, the entire chat has been clamoring for it, and I think I'm going to do it right here. So we're going to go to my guy, go to tight end. He's listed at one thirty one right here, Chigizimokonkwo. 
Um, I love this dude. So I, I, when somebody tests like a freak at the at, at the combine, I have to go back and check the tape. Uh, and it shows up on tape. So I don't know how this guy didn't get a senior bowl invite. He he just slid under the radar, went to the Shrine Bowl. Um, but especially, I still I still want to live in a, a post Hooper world. So um, we're talking about Njoku tight end one, Harrison Bryant tight end two. Harrison Bryant has some of those move traits, but Bryant's a very limited athlete, and I don't think it's a, that's a surprise to anybody. He's got shorter arms. He's not super athletic. He can't jump super well. Um, He's Austin so Hooper. Yes, yes, yes. So if, if we're moving forward with Harrison Bryant as that tight end two, a perfect role for him, uh, I want a move piece. Uh, again, we're not bringing back Harrison Bryant either. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Andy Janovich either. So get a guy who can play a wide variety of H-back role. He can play in the slot when you need him to. He's an explosive athlete. They manufactured touches for this guy. They gave him jet sweeps at Maryland. Like this is an athlete. And at the end of the day, we're talking about explosive plays and I want a guy who can line up at tight end, who can line up at H-back, who can line up at slot. He can he can fit a majority of the roles, and, and that's a perfect tight end for me in my my dream scenario, in my head at least. Um, so Okonkwo is my dude. Good pick. I'm with it. Yep, uh, Jake, since you didn't have a 116, I'm going to go ahead and make mine first before we go back to you, and I'm going to make this real easy. Uh, Nick Cross is still on the board. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, two of our guys at, at the uh, safety position, but the third one, even, even bringing back MJ Stewart, the third one is still unsure. And Nick Cross, as we've said a couple of times here, absolutely blew up the combine. And again, and you watch his tape, it's inconsistent. Uh, he's got some holes. His aggressiveness can get him into trouble sometimes, but it can also make you know, explosive plays aren't limited to the offense. If you can flip the field and make plays, make jarring hits, make interceptions, make, you know, give you the offense, the ball starting at, at the 38 going in. You know, four times a year, two times a year. That that's the difference between playoffs and no playoffs, right there. So that's the kind of guy I want uh, back there in the safety room with John Johnson and Grant Delpit. So I took Nick Cross at my pick. Uh, Jake, you're up. Good pick. I will go um, just by virtue of looking at some testing numbers here. I'm taking dart throws at guys. I, I think you described Leo pretty well earlier. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at some of the players that are out here. I mean, I, I definitely would be in on Alex Wright, kind of over-selected that position a little bit. Uh, and they've talked about him, and, and now you've talked about Tyreek Smith, I think is fun. D'Angelo Malone is fun. Uh, Robinson, I, I think that there's some guys there you could like on offense at wide receiver. Shakir is still there. Uh, but I took a guy. Actually, it looks like he got grabbed by somebody. But um, I think what I'm going to do is go – is gonna, I'm going to go Chanel here and then keep an eye on some defensive backs later that I'm interested in. I think he's yeah, it's hard to 17. All these guys on this board, I just have a hard time seeing them be there. But I guess, you know, other players got to get drafted too, whatever. Yeah, Chanel is um, – I, I think he's going to go uh, much earlier than that. So, uh, Corey, you are up again. Uh, let's yeah. uh, move on. Uh, where are you at? Cool. You're at 154? I'm at 154. Yeah, so okay. I would consider running back here given – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Dearness Johnson, but if, if we do are in the market for a third running back, I would consider that. guy like Samir White, guy like Jerome Ford, I wrote both those guys up this week in my offensive you know, winners. Both dudes might be a little bit older, sure, but like Jerome Ford has – just around 300 carries on his entire body throughout his entire year. He was an Alabama guy who sat for pretty much two and a half years before transferring to Cincinnati to be the guy. Uh, but I'm going to overpick the same guy I overpick all the time. I'm taking a break. Uh, see, he strained his peck in the bench press, and I'm so sad because we didn't get to see him test. He did some on-the-field drills, but he didn't get to test at, at the combine, um, which really stinks. But 
I'm taking I'm taking my guy. Yeah, well, let's just say if, if he's around at this pick, uh, I, I you run the card up at that point. I would be shocked if he's around. And Kevo680 uh, talking about uh, John Ridge, Ridgeway, of course. Uh, that's our guy. I mean, I, your nickname is Vanilla Gorilla. I want you on my football team. I don't even care what you do. Uh, I'm going to go real quick here. I figured out I'm actually a pick behind here, so I'm going to make two picks in a row here. I'm going to make the first one real easy. I'm going to take a tackle. Uh, we ha- I haven't addressed the offensive line here, and this is a guy – uh, I noticed him about a month ago, and uh, then he went out and had a, a really, really nice week at the Senior Bowl. And I'm hearing guys like Dane and DJ talk about him more and more, and that's Matt Willetsko uh, from North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, uh, from North Dakota, one of the fighting hawks up there. He's 6'7". He's 305, which you would think he'd be able to be knocked off balance real easy. He's he's not. He's he's long. He's fast. He's smart. He's strong. Uh, he's technically sound. I really like him. Uh, as the swing tackle now and then possibly taking over for one of these guys if they leave in a couple of years and they, they need to move that uh, that money around. And now I am at 154. You take a look here. Uh, the interior defensive line we've already hit. Uh, Noah Ellis is almost 370 pounds and incredibly athletic, fun of uh, son of uh, former uh, Detroit Lion defensive lineman Luther Ellis. You can see the bloodlines. He's got two brothers that are in the NFL right now. You can see it. And plus, he's almost 370 pounds. So if you want somebody to plug up the middle, he can do it just by standing there. Uh, there's a few other guys out here that I like. Marquine McCall also. Um, let's see. What do the tight ends look like? Who's left? Oh, see, there's our guys. Uh, James Mitchell. This is where I would say take uh, you take a shot on a guy like that because James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, former wide receiver. And we've been talking about it, Jake. The Browns' tendency on wide receiver has been take a guy who's already a, a threat in the passing game and teach him how to be enough of a blocker so that you can use him. Okay. That's what they seem to do. And Mitchell is the same way it all. It's all about the medicals for him. He tore his ACL in September. So his timeline for return is a little bit different than the Alabama guys we've been talking about. He should be, as far as I know, fine for the start of camp. So uh, if they think that that is the case as a receiver, he is already extremely dynamic as a receiver. So I would throw him in there into that tight end room. So that's my pick at 154. Uh, James Mitchell. Uh, Jake, you are up. Well, I've looked at two guys on the front line here who I have deemed kind of maybe, you know, I know I know Jones is going to be an inside guy. Logan Hall might also end up being an inside guy. So I could go edge here based on positions I want to keep looking long term. Offensively, <coughs> I've gotten some wide receivers. I've gotten an offensive tackle. I don't feel the need to force anything right this second. Not in love with the tight end at this spot. Two guys I'm considering. Well, three. Brian Cook. I'm considering. Uh, I'm considering Tyreek Smith. And I'm. I mean, Marquise Bell tested really well, uh, but also Zion McCollum because I really like the things McCollum's put on tape and the and the bowl uh, efforts. And I, I I like I like the testing too. And that's what you're trying to find a guy that's traitsy enough to stick around right because but you're just trying to get a at this point it's a roster spot can they make the roster right Right. Uh, and i think you're looking for some of those traits later on in the draft i'm gonna take i'm probably gonna take smith here um i know that we have taken him i could take d'angelo malone for difference but i really like the story i I really think it would be cool to see tyreek smith come back to cleveland too i think you know we wrote up a story at the obr that's no secret it's been all over Buckeye boards. He, he grew up a Cleveland Brown fan and all of that as well. So Nick Cross went off the board a couple picks earlier. He would have been my pick. Uh, but uh, we'll see what shakes out with the rest of this thing. There's two positions I really kind of interested in. Uh, you can come back to me. But I think that's a good that's a good pick there. Corey, you're next. All right. I am at pick 191. Uh, LV went off the board. and I probably would have taken him there had he been there. 
Um, some running backs went off the board too. I do like Tyler Algier. He's kind of old though. Um, I'm probably not going to take a running back. I'm going to go to defensive back. Let's see what we got here. There's a couple athletes down here. So we, we're talking about Zion McCollum. Still, we're talking about Jalen Armour Davis. Uh, at 191, though, man, that's it's insane value to, to get either of those guys, in my opinion. Um, Verone McKinley is a good guy who's got some box versatility. But let's go ahead and, and, and load up the uh, the cornerback room and just take an athlete here. So uh, I'm going to go with Zion McCollum. Again, it, it seems like a reach, but, again, we're talking about what Jake said. Can you make a roster spot? So uh, Zion McCollum after after he put up numbers at, at, the, at the combine. Yeah, I, I mean, we're almost at pick 200 here. So, you know, I mean, it's, a, you know, the definition of a dart throw. And these are the guys you want on your uh, on your special teams. I mean, that's just the way it is here. Now, will you find somebody that breaks out like, in a, you know, an Antonio uh, Brown or something like that? Of course you will. It happens every so often. But, you know, the numbers are so low. Uh, I, I'm going to make some people very happy here because you can see uh, this is the range. These guys are starting to come up. And I know on uh, – on your board, Corey, they don't even have special teams guys. Uh, uh, so, you know, I mean, I could, you know, I mean, Leon O'Neill is interesting to me. He's always been very interesting to me because I, he just can't put it all together, but he's one of those guys that you, you always think you can fix him at safety. So uh, he would be interesting, but I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and take the big leg. We need a kicker. We need a punter. I think they're going to address kicker in free agency. I really do. Uh, and this, I, I cannot believe this sentence is going to come out of my mouth. This is about the third time I've said it on this program. This is a good punter class. I, I can't believe that, I'm, <laughs> that I said that. I would not be surprised if four punters are actually selected with picks in this class. And uh, Jordan Stout is another one right there. Ryan Stonehouse is another one. Uh, it, th- these guys can kick the ball to the moon. But I'm just going to go ahead and take the big leg. I'm going to take Matareza there uh, from San Diego State. Because if he you can too. give... Yeah, he can. He can definitely step in and kick. So if you can uh, give this defense, which we think is an ascending defense, an extra five to seven yards on average and pin the opposing team inside their own 20 a good amount of the time, it's a massive advantage. It's a war of attrition, as you like to say, Jake. So and that's a huge advantage, especially if you think you can, you know, compete like the Browns think they can. All right, Jake, you're up. Yeah, there's there's some guys I'm, I'm interested in here. Um you know, I think I think Kobe Durant did a nice job at the combine. I'm not sure his age, Steve, but I thought he had a really nice combine corner He's spot. He's a little over. Okay. So Just yeah, a you're, little. You're talking about pick 192 and on. If you wanted to get real weird about the age guardrails, listen, man, I would have no issue taking Jelani, uh, uh, Jelani Woods, who's listed at the wrong college here. But um, let's mm. talk about a creative player in video games. That guy's a freak of nature. He actually ended up in Virginia. I'm going to actually take Bellinger, though. I like the fit of what his blocking profile looks like with the athlete that he is that could develop into a bit more as a as a, as a as a pass game part of things. But looking at him as like a fourth tight end, if they decide not to keep uh, fullback at all, if Stanton's out the door too, then uh, he makes sense to me at 192. He could go higher because he tested so damn well. So yeah, he, he's that could be, be a guy. The player. NFL, the NFL likes way more than we understand, right? So. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I think they already know who he is. And yes, Mr. Pierce, Jacoby Durant is over. Uh, but as I talked about with uh, Bill Carroll and uh, uh, several times, and we saw it again, uh, you watch that guy's tape, especially if you're talking about now. You're talking about this area of the draft, you know, 200 or or above. I and people are not going to believe it, that I'm the one who's going to say this, I would shatter that guardrail for a guy like Jacoby Durant or, you know, even a Marquise Bell. You know, I mean, these guys were 
they played extremely well uh, uh, all season and they, they acquitted themselves well. And some of them were in the showcase bowls and then they did a great job at the combine. So Marquise Bell, Joshua Williams and Jacoby Durant are the three HBCU studs that I would personally love to see uh, on this team. Uh, all right, Corey, I think you're up with your last pick. I am. So looking at the guy I wanted, just went off the pick right before, right before I was about to pick. I would have loved Mark Juan McCall. Again, just getting a, a, a dude, a bowling ball to just plug in the A-gap and just eat bodies. Uh, this team yep. is missed. Uh, so Mark Juan McCall would have fit the bill right there. One pick before. Uh, I'm going to follow <laughs> uh, what Jake just did too. And Bellinger's on the board right here. Um, best player. Give me the tight ends. Give me the, give me the athletes. Um, it's overhaul those 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 skill positions. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A uh, um, a guy that I would not argue with as high as about the you know fourth or fifth round. I, and he's I think he's that good. I think he's that good. I am up here, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I know what I'm going to do. But I want to take a quick look because somebody asked about quarterbacks. I don't know if. Let's see. Are they here? Uh, EJ Perry is interesting to me. Uh, Caleb Ellie's way too low, so we're not going to do that. Uh, Skylar Thompson getting a lot of run. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure that I, I, I don't see it. You know, I'm certainly not a quarterback expert. If if Akil Glass from Alabama A&M was still on the board, I, I might go that way. He's 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 a hell of a good player. Uh, but I think what I am going to do here, this is the guy that when uh, the three of us did our things to watch out for uh, at the combine article last week. And we tried to pick one guy that was off the radar that might blow up the testing and demand TV time. And I said, Tyson Anderson from uh, Toledo. And he did, absolutely did that. I don't remember his exact numbers, but he absolutely torched the place. It was absolutely fantastic. So at a cornerback at this rate, he could play safety. He played a lot of safety. They moved him sort of into that, um, almost like a JOK role at Notre Dame, sort of a safety hybrid linebacker role a lot at, at, at uh, Toledo too. Super fast, very twitchy, hits like a truck. Um, and I think he could develop into something. But at minimum, again, we're at pick 220. I think he's big, strong, and fast enough to be a special teams ace. So I'm going to go ahead and take Tyson Anderson there uh, from Toledo. Is that it, or do you have another pick left, Jake? I just have one more. I'll pick pick Durant to be fast, so we're out of here by 830. It's it's a fine pick this late. It's a dart throw, and it just is. it's fine. That's the end of my draft, so I will shoot that over to you. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we will. Uh, as always, we got to get rolling here because uh, some of us have things that we have to do. Uh, we, as always, we will screenshot all of these. Uh, uh, Corey screenshot it, send it to me, DM, text, whatever. Uh, we'll tweet them out and you guys can tell us how stupid they all are. I have a good uh, feeling because I deliberately went with the uh, Davis at 13 and, and it kind of tumbled down like that i'm gonna uh but uh that's gonna wrap it up for this week we'll be back again uh next tuesday with another dueling mock show uh coming up in half an hour the garage beers guys are here with jake christensen to talk about the coolest game on ice and some columbus blue jackets hockey and don't forget monday we're going to be tweeting about this uh uh all week and and facebooking and all that kind of stuff watch our socials the uh the subathon 11 a.m on monday the 14th the first day of legal tampering a minimum of three hours then we will add time as more subscriptions come in to a maximum of an eight-hour broadcast for everything every move that the browns make on the first day of legal tampering we will have it for you here on the obr we hope to see all you guys there thanks to everyone that showed up tonight uh thanks to the new followers there was a bunch of those i tried to shout out as many as i can thanks to the new subscribers i tried to shout out as many of those as i can we love you guys we couldn't do this if it wasn't for you thanks to Corey, the new guy here in the draft annex of the evil lair we appreciate you uh, um, being here with us for the first time. You will be back many, many, many times between now and the draft. I guarantee it. Uh, as always, thanks to Jake. 
for coming in here, saying extremely smart things and making me look like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, love you guys. We've got uh, tons and tons of stuff coming up from the draft annex here in the next 50, whatever, one days, however long it is until the draft. Thanks to everybody for being here. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow night with uh, Fred and Barry for uh, OBR Weekly. And as always, we end our broadcast. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.